What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. So then we got Bianca Belair and Asuka versus Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. This was your classic case of can they coexist, which I'm never a fan of. Bianca eventually got the win for her time by hitting, uh, got the win for her team, excuse me, by hitting the KOD on Piper Niven. Um, And then after the match, Asuka took Bianca Belair down with a kick and a sliding knee and then stood in the middle of the ring dancing. (sighs) This is my sign over here. I just know I've sounded so negative this episode. And I wouldn't have expected myself to sound so negative in the build of WrestleMania. But what was this? Like, this was classic, like, what used to happen that people would complain about. Like, the whole can they coexist thing. Why would they coexist? Why? What point? Would it, why, why, in a logical sense, why would they need to coexist? Why would you want to coexist? You're going to wrestle this person for the title in in a huge match at WrestleMania in two weeks. Why? There's literally no reason for the characters to want to coexist. And then when Asuka does the turn at the end, after it being like a question of, is she a bad guy now or is she a good guy? Or villain or baby face. Excuse me. It was so lackluster, the turn. Like, it wasn't really even dastardly. It was just kind of like, oh, she did that because she's kooky or she's weird or wild and she's playing mind games. But, like, I, at this point with the whole will they or won't they be friends thing, <coughs> which I already wasn't loving... To do something as weak as that to get people invested in their WrestleMania match, I'm just not pumped on it. I don't know. I I, I hate to be so negative. I just, I was really hoping that we were going to get something good here. Like, maybe even just Asuka just annihilating Bianca Belair. Not even letting the match start. Just destroying her. So that Asuka's like, you know, excuse me, so Bianca Belair's like in a cast heading into WrestleMania or something. I don't know. Put some heat on this. One kick? One little knee? No. No, it's WrestleMania, man, for the women's title. The Raw Women's Championship. It's Bianca Belair, who's one of your pillars of the company right now. I think that a little more thought should have been put into this story. Because Asuka and Bianca Belair are two of the most talented women on the entire roster. So I'm a little bummed at how not invested I am in this story and this didn't save that at all and there's only one week left to Wrestlemania so let's see what happens with one week to go finally to finish out the night Roman Reigns made his entrance with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa after telling the crowd to acknowledge him Cody Rhodes interrupts to make his entrance 
and to confront the tribal chief in the ring. Cody says he's heard the warning to stay out of the bloodline's personal business. So we'd love it if Roman could define what they mean by the Cody Rhodes problem. Rain says Cody isn't the problem. What he represents is the problem. He's what we used to be. He's like our fathers. He's a professional wrestler. Says Cody ran away and started a promotion he couldn't get over in. Couldn't con- Said Cody ran away and started a promotion he couldn't get over in. So he ran back to the WWE and got over, and then his body gave out on him. You're not cut out for this. You're not finishing any story. He then said on April 3rd, when Cody wakes up, he's going to have to look in the mirror and deal with adversity again. Otherwise, he'll do what he always does and run away like a little biatch. Cody says if you followed his story, you'll know that what Roman is saying right now is true. But what he did while he was away was help everyone in the locker room make more money. And as far as being a professional wrestler like their fathers, maybe that's true. Maybe he is just a violent, likes the taste taste of blood in his mouth, professional wrestler. Also says if he hears his father's name one more time from all these people, it will make him puke. Because the only thing you'll see at WrestleMania is him. He then talks about what it will mean for Roman on April 3rd when he wakes up and remembers what it was like to lose. And when that happens, Jay is going to leave you and then Jimmy will leave you too. So no Usos. And then Solo leaves too. When Solo leaves you, Heyman becomes an advocate again, and you'll be a man without a family. A Roman with no more reigns, a a chief without a tribe. Roman doesn't know what to say to this and leaves Cody alone with Solo. Rhodes gets in Solo's face and tells Solo to say when. Roman looks pissed about Solo staying back and orders him to come back and leave with him, but Cody calls Solo out for not being ready. Solo goes to attack Cody and gets a super, eh, super kick for his troubles. And then Roman stops Solo from continuing the attack. And the show comes to an end. I loved this. I loved, loved, loved this classic pro wrestling. This is what you want to see from a WrestleMania main event. They don't need to get physical with each other. They're just talking mad crap on the mic. Trying to get each other's head. Trying to psych each other out. Trying to out-alpha the other one. And what I've been enjoying so much about this is that for Roman's you know, 950-day reign or whatever it is, he successfully got into everyone's head, character-wise, that he wrestled against. They even referenced it in a promo recently where it was like they had all these mental strategies and how they were attacking people before they got in the ring so that they had lost before they had even gotten the match because they had already been defeated mentally. And you can see in watching these promos that Cody is clearly the first character to really get Roman off his game, to get back in Roman's head to not be scared like everybody else was. To not let these quote-unquote mind games work on him. He's ready. He wants that belt. There's nothing that Roman Reigns is going to do to stop him. And I think that because we, as wrestling fans, for so long felt like there wasn't someone who could stand toe-to-toe with Roman like that and believably take the title from him, it's so refreshing to see someone on the other side of the ring as a babyface that can stand face-to-face with Roman Reigns and look like equals. And I realize they're not full equals because Roman Reigns' title reign is a a thing of legend. But I'm talking about when it comes to confidence, when when it comes to ability to be the guy. 
you're looking at someone, Roman Reigns for the first time is looking at someone who has that same ability within him. So I love it. I love it. Um, you know, in the past I've talked about on this podcast how I also have appreciated the subtle AEW references to remind the viewer that this is essentially an AEW versus WWE dream match. You got an, e- an ex-AEW EVP against WWE's top guy that whole time. I tweeted about that. And I had some responses from people saying that, well, because of this, you got to have Roman Reigns win. You got to have the guy who was the WWE guy win. But I don't think it's that deep. I don't think it's that deep. Um, that's, <laughs> I saw one of the, <laughs> that's funny. I saw one of the quote tweets says, an actual dream match that Hunter didn't have to label a dream match but still told the story. Yes. Yes. I hate when some when it's like, oh, dream match, and that's the build of the match rather than like making it a dream match based on your story. I don't like being told something's a dream match. Um I just I I it reminds me of like AJ versus Nakamura, you know, it's like I don't know. I just I don't like that. I like that this is shown that you're getting that dream match with what people are saying in their words. You know, you're you're using your words to really drive home the fact that like we're getting the first big AEW versus WWE match here. Like this is like the invasion for a new generation to some degree. No, it's not you know, buying. No one bought AEW or WWE or anything like that. But I'm talking about strictly in terms of like the invasion was supposed to be these dream matches. And they weren't necessarily dream matches. But this is this is definitely uh, that dream match. And I don't think it goes so deep to where you have to have Roman Reigns win because he was the WWE guy. I think it's just, you know, Cody is a WWE guy now. So I don't think it goes that deep uh, to show, like, who was better that whole time. Um, I I think that, um, what's this person? I totally disagree. I don't see many people treat this as a dream match. It's a big headline match with intriguing Bill, but I definitely think this is an AEW versus WWE dream match. What? Shut up. <laughs> I'm looking at the response. What a stupid... This, this, uh, this isn't a dream match. It's a big headline match with an intriguing build. What are you talking about? Jared, you're dumb. Um, uh, going back to my point, um, I just I really do think that it's been so well done. Like This whole storyline has been so on point, and um, I'm really excited to see how it plays out at WrestleMania. Like I don't have any complaints about this story they've done such a good job of transitioning from sammy and roman to cody and roman and just uh every time they've been doing these segments on the the road to get there i think they are making the right decisions uh so i said roads the road to get there uh so yeah i'm happy with it all i'm gonna stop here i'm I'm kind of rambling and my voice hurts i'll be back on uh well the show will be back on Wednesday. We got 100th episode of Out of Character with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's a shorter one than usual. Only had a little bit of time with him, but we talk about his return to the ring last year at WrestleMania, everything that went into it. We also talk a little bit about what Stone Cold is watching these days and, of course, what his answer is when I ask, was that the last time we're going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring? Or will we see him back in the future?
All right, next, here's a portion of this week's interview on Out of Character. Uh, are you much of a gamer at all? I remember you talking about playing Zelda in the past, but are you like, like, do you play games? <laughs> Zelda. That was, that was like a rib. Okay. And inside rib, my producer says, hey, say this. Okay. And it stoked so much stuff on social media. So it was like, it is like an inside rib. I never have really been a big video game guy, but in the business that I've been in, I've been, uh, you know, fortunate to be in so many. And I've watched the technology just keep spinning up. So never been really a gamer, but happy to be a part of, you know, 2K20, uh, 2K23 with WWE and paying homage to the one and only John Cena as he is on the cover. Well, you know, you and John Cena have been on the cover more, almost as much as the, the most amount of times from everyone else. Um, did you ever think about coming back for a match against John Cena? God, man, that would have been, working with him would have been a, a real, it would have been a highlight. And I had a bunch of highlights and it would have been a real special thing because John there's something about John that people get so invested in his matches. Um, he's, he's a very special talent. It would have been great to have a match with him, but uh, will it ever happen? No, but I, I think very highly of John, and I love him. Did you ever, like, because, I mean, you, we saw you wrestle last year, and we're going to get into that. Was there ever a time where you ever thought about maybe coming back for a match against him? No, not really. I mean, you know, all, names always get tossed around in conversation and stuff like that, and, I said, you know, I never really was going to wrestle again unless, because you never say never, right? Of course. Unless the stars aligned properly. They did to work with KO in Dallas, so we did that. Uh, and it wasn't really, you know, put out as, hey, it's going to be a highly competitive match. Or people weren't expecting me to go 30 minutes. So, you know, the expectations, I think we exceeded the expectations, the expectations and it worked for that time and that place. So, yeah, I'm good. So you said if, what, you know, if the stars had aligned, you were yeah. down to do it. What made that the moment that you wanted to come back for last year at WrestleMania? Well, part of the pitch was, you know, I did start my career in Dallas. And for, you know, all of the, you know, these years to pass by, to go back to Dallas, Texas, where it all started, in Jerry's house, AT&T Stadium, man, that's, that's a, it's a huge building, and it'd be an honor to, to play there, to work there. And so that was, that was a big draw, to start and finish in, in Dallas. Were you, like, at what point leading up to it were you like, all right, I'm going to do it? Like, I'm sure there was, like, thought process knowing it was going to be where it was going to be, but at what point were you like, all right, I'm doing this? Oh, I turned them down several times <laughs> until, I, until I kept coming back with different creative. And, and KO was always in the conversation. I was down with that because I love that guy. He's awesome. On the inside, I was knocking his head off so many times because I hadn't thrown a punch in 19 years. And I told him when we got finished, I said, dude, I said, I cannot believe you didn't give me a receipt out there. That's, that, that's the, the good-natured heart uh, of KO. Yeah, there's no way he's giving you a receipt in that match. I think he was thrilled to be out there, and I was thrilled to be with him. But it, it, took, some, it took some talking. We got everything lined up. You saw what happened. Yeah. Was, was it your idea, their idea, to leave it as a surprise until the last minute, like to make it official that you were going to do the match? I don't know whose idea that was. It just turned out like it did. Did yeah. you like how that was done? It was done fine because I, I didn't want to go out there. Uh, if, if you're into YouTube at all, you know, that I think, uh, who was it? Nick Bockwinkle worked in Japan with Billy Robinson. It was an exhibition match. So I didn't want to do something like that because, you know, that's kind of old school. Now, I worked for those two guys and they're amazing talents. And I didn't want to do any kind of gimmick matches. So the fact that it turned into a melee worked. And, I, and, and, and you do, you know, when we were out there, I didn't think we had that crowd because that was in a building where sound kind of escapes the ring sometimes. And it does that, it did that at Ford Field, it does it at uh, Toronto at the Sky Dome. So I didn't know we had them like we did, but when I look back at it, we had them and it was a hell of a pop going out. 
you know, it was I was in the crowd, and you definitely had them. And it was actually one of my favorite parts of the whole weekend because, you know, me growing up in the Attitude Era, you being my favorite wrestler growing up, and knowing, you know, the joy that you brought me as a kid getting to see you wrestle. And then I was in the crowd looking around, seeing all these people who had never gotten to experience a Stone Cold Steve Austin match, you know, because of their age and stuff. And just to see the excitement on all their faces, it was like, God, this is so cool that a new generation of people get to experience this. The thing that popped me, uh, my producer for Broken Skull Sessions, showed me a video he made on his iPhone. He actually videoed some of the talent, the people I worked with that were there visiting, walking out to the crowd to be there live. And that's, it's like a curtain sellout, right? Yep. So they want to go out there to be in the crowd to feel it, not just watch it on a monitor. And that meant a lot to me when I saw that. I was like, oh, man, it's pretty cool because they know what's up. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke, but, I mean, when you go out there and get that kind of reaction, man, it's a charge. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, wait, I'm gonna, I was going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to save that question for the end. Before I get to that, uh, you're training for the match. I know that in the past, in the past 19 years, you've talked about how you wanted to make sure that if you did ever come back, that it would be at the same level you wrestled before. How much training did you do beforehand, like in-ring training, to get ready for the match? Man, zero. Really? Zero in-ring training. Uh, I was doing cardio. I got on. Uh, here, here, here's, here's an inside tip for you. I love Seamus. He's got a great YouTube channel, the Celtic Warrior Workouts, yep, yep. whatever they're called. I got on there. I watched uh, Edge's Routine. I watched uh, Brian Daniels or Daniel Bryanson, whatever his name is. I watched his, his uh, training routine. But the one that really got me was Becky Lynch's comeback routine. So I did Becky Lynch's routine over and over and over again. And then I invented my own out of that. So I, I was training hard at my house, but I didn't have a ring. Once I got to Dallas, I got there a lot, three or four days early because I always do. Yep. I ran the ropes a lot with Drew Gulak, who's absolutely wonderful and is a great talent. Super guy, very intuitive in the ring. We did a lot of crisscross stuff, locked up, grab headlock, did a couple of spots. And dude, just just a little bit of that and I was gassing. And dude, I, I was when, when, I, when I tell you I'm in good shape, I was. But doing cardio at the house, as hard as I was working out, is not the in-ring activity. And it's, it's very specific, cardio is. And so like when KO comes in or Drew, they're road warriors, they've been on the road. So as much as I worked, it was short notice, but as hard as I worked out, I still wasn't in the shape because they were doing a specific task. Were you happy with the match afterward? It was what it was. You know, I wanted to give them more, but the whole time, man, you know, when you got that amount of people out there, and I've been in front of a million crowds, but you know, you're just trying to pace yourself. And when you saw me go sip beers, Dude, I wasn't doing that to advertise my beer. I was doing that to just take a breather and, and just kind of monitor the system because I was getting a little gassed. And you don't want to just go out there and just freak out. Yep. So the, I was just taking those opportunities to slow down and catch a breather. Were you nervous walking out at all? Oh, no, man. When that crowd hit, man, I was like, I was in a state of mind when I was pacing back and forth, and a lot of people came trying to shake my hand. And I was like, "Dude, I'm already in the zone, man. Don't don't, don't mess with me." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when I get out there in a big event like that, there, there is kind of that little bit of nerve, but that's what you live for. Yep. You know, I, I've been gone 19 years, but when you're about to go out, you're excited. So it's like yeah, you those are the nerves you feed off. Of, yeah. I would imagine when once yeah, you're out it's there. the good nerves. Yes. Yeah. Do you oh. think that's the last match we'll see you in? Well, never say never. <laughs> if the stars align again, hell, I mean, it could happen again, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you talked earlier about how cool it was, you know, seeing the evolution of WWE video games over the years. Do you remember the first time you saw yourself in one? Yeah. 
Which game was that? Was that, was that Warzone? Is that? Yeah, it was, it was Warzone. Warzone. The one you're on the they cover. Had arms up in air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victory pose. Uh, they've come a long way. Yeah, right. What, was your, what, what, what did you want to ask me? I, I remember it, but I mean, I remember playing it. I was just wondering, like, was it cool to see yourself in the video game back then? Well, you know, when you're a punk ass kid, you know, growing up in South Texas, you never expect you're gonna be on a video game. Yeah. And you know, Andy did a biography on me, and I, I told him, man, I said, dude, I, at the end of the day, I'm just a dude from Edna. I'm still that guy. So yeah, to see myself on the cover of a video game and then to be on a couple of 2K games, it was, that's, a, that's a blast. Yeah, no, it's a- uh, Never envisioned it in a million years. Does it mean something to me? Absolutely. That's cool, yeah. That, that's more what I was wondering, because it's like, you have been you know, such a iconic figure in, in wrestling, but also in, in video gaming. Like the wrestling games back in that time period, kind of helped draw new fans in. Like, there's a lot of people now who go like, oh, those old N64 games are what got me into wrestling. Well, and you know, like all these years later, man, I retired in, what, 03, give or take, whatever it was, and the video games and, you know, the WWE Network, I mean, I'm still as, people recognize me as much now than they used to when I was on fire due to the video games, due to all that stuff. So you know, it's really helped me, you know, a whole lot. It must be cool, you know, 316 day, we're here at this brewery where you're selling your own beer. You gotta be happy that there's like a day to celebrate your career and, and, and you must feel honored that so many people wanna do that every year. Well, it's funny because, you know, I cut that promo in 1996 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was a fluke event. I wasn't supposed to win it. Triple H was going to, they broke kayfabe in the garden and, you know, had to punish somebody. Sean was a world champion, couldn't punish him, punished Hunter. Vince tells me I'm one king of the ring. All the things that happened, Mark Merrill kicks me in the mouth. I go to the hospital, get stitched up, come back, step out of ambulance. While I was gone, Jake Roberts cuts a religious interview. Doc Hendricks tells me about it. I go out there, wrestle Jake, beat Jake, do the interview. My, you know, Michael Hayes, Doc, whatever his name was. Doc Hendricks. Doc Hendricks yes. smartened me up about it, and I let loose with the Austin 316 video, and because Stone Cold said so was the button, so I hit two grand slams at something that was never supposed to happen. All these years later, for the fans just to take it upon themselves and make 316, March 16th, something because of Austin 316. And now it's kind of like unofficially an official holiday. <laughs> yes. And, and only the wrestling crowd could do that and pull it off. But I, I'm not saying it is. They did. So <laughs> you, know, you don't give yourself a cool nickname. Someone's got to do it for you. I didn't make Austin 316 day. I cut the promo and the fans did it. I was going to wear, I, was, I wore my own shirt today. And then I was like, I feel weird wearing my own shirt. And I was like, well, well, Steve will probably wear his own shirt. And then you're not wearing your own shirt now. So do you, do you, do you feel weird putting on Stone Cold shirts like when you go out? We were here earlier today, and we had an event. We released that double IPA. And there were so many people with vintage Stone Cold shirts on. I'm like, God dang. I was the worst guy in the whole locker room that collected any of my stuff. <laughs> and I, some of the shirts were so cool. Like now, I would rock them. But we used to have a code back in the day that you didn't wear your swag in the airport. But you could wear it out in the ring yeah. because that's where you're going to sell it. But you're a mark if you wear it through the airport. So <laughs> I'd probably feel like a little bit, I, I'm, I'm, now that I'm kind of lower key, I don't really rock my own stuff. But on an on a upper chest left spot, yes, I would. I think hat you can get away with more easily. Yeah, yeah. And I was always a hat guy, so I'll probably start getting back into the hat business. But, but T-shirts are, you know... You don't realize how much you can generate as far as you know income goes and get the good swag going. Yeah, I some WWE count the other day they tweeted like, "What's the best wrestling shirt of all time?" And I was like, "Is it even a question?" It's obviously the Austin 316 shirt. Like, there's no comparison. 
I don't know. I'm partial to the NWO shirt as well. I mean, you think it's better than the Austin 316? shirt? I would say it's better. I think it's in a different vein. You know, if the 316 is over here, then NWO is over there, but on the same level of cool factor. You know, I mean, the, the 316 was bold because it's a biblical connotation taken from John 316, so it had some edge to it. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, that, that is what made it cool. And what the thing about it is, we used to go through the airports all the time, and I'd get preachers and, you know, stuff like that. They'd ask me for my autograph, and I'd see them dressed up, so I knew they were a religious person. I said, hey, man, I said, D does Austin 316 bother you? They said, oh, no, man, we don't care. <laughs> I said, hell, if the preachers don't care, I'm good. Yeah. That's amazing. I just got endorsed by all the preachers, yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, I wanted to ask you, you know, it's not a wrestling question, but uh, the few times we've spoken, I like getting your takes on what you're watching these days or what you're into these days. What yeah. do you, what do you, what do you got a thing, show you're binge watching, anything you're super into right now? Wow, no, uh, my wife and I watch Blackbird. Uh, we're watching Last of Us right now, Your Honor, and we just finished another show. It was pretty damn good. I can't remember. Right now, we're right in uh, Your Honor. Last of Us is good. Did you finish Last of Us? Well, it's still going, right? No, no, no the we, finale was the we, last episode of the finale. We just watched season finale. Okay, yeah, yeah I just I just watched it last night too. Okay, but like like when the dude got the shank in his in his gut, I was like, God dang, he can't die because he can't leave the gal, you know, <laughs> yes. herself because they they're starting to bond. And you know, she she ended up being like a daughter to him, right? Yes. So anyway, he kicked out and he's good. So we'll, we'll see what happens if they pick it back up. Wait, so then you, I don't think you have seen the finale yet. Then. Really? So, I, okay, yeah, I don't want to spoil what happened then. Oh, okay. Because there is one more episode I think you need to, Is that where it ended for you? I think so. You haven't seen, like, when they meet the Firefly, when they get with the Fireflies yet? Yeah, yeah, I think I have. And there's a whole, I don't want to spoil it. No, so no, I'm, I've seen that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, where he goes a little ham? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he did go ham. Yeah, it's yeah. a great show, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one right now, too. He, he, he was a, a man on a mission. Yes, definitely yeah, I a man saw on a mission. And I didn't play the game, so I was a little, I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't know it was a game. Yeah. <laughs> that's how little of a gamer yeah, you that's are. Right, man. Yeah, that's, I just say, hey, it's a good show. <laughs> All right, well, I got to wrap it up here. I know you got other stuff to do today. We're here for 316 Day. Uh, WWE 2K23 is available to download right now, so make sure you guys go do that. John Cena, it's a, he's in the showcase this year. Steve Austin is in the game. There's a War Games match now available. So make sure you guys go check out WWE 2K23. Steve, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. And that's the bottom line, because Ryan said so. Lastly, here's a portion of the SmackDown Roundup. All right, we're back. Hope you enjoyed that commercial break. We're back now to talk about the rest of SmackDown. We're here to talk about the best part of this week's show. Rey Mysterio versus LA Knight. First we see Angie Mysterio and Aaliyah Mysterio were in the crowd in the front row. So of course when the match starts, Dominic's music hits and the distraction allows LA Knight to capitalize and then take full control. Rey eventually attempted the 619, but Dom grabbed his ankles and it allowed L.A. Knight to roll him up for the win. After the match, Dom got on the mic and once again asked for a match at WrestleMania. Ray said no and left the ring, but then Dominic brought attention to his mom, asking her how it felt to be married to a loser. He then approached them both in the crowd and asked his mom if she knew she married a deadbeat, and then also said he already knows the answer because she was a deadbeat mom, too, who watched it all happen the whole time. This, of course, caused Leah, Aaliyah to hop up in his face 
And he told her to sit down, calling her too stupid to understand all of this. All the while, we see Ray just standing on the ramp with his back to all of this, not wanting to give in to Dom's demands. Then Angie grabs the mic from Dominic, and Dom pulls it back, yelling at her at the top of his lungs to shut up. This pissed Ray off long enough to cause him to finally rush over and deck Dominic in the face. Ray says, you don't disrespect your mother like that. That's my wife. You wanted a match at WrestleMania, you're on. The crowd went wild as Dom looked scared. Um, Loved this. This was fantastic. Um, Cracked me up that Rey Mysterio, you know, acts like he's, you know, above it. He can't, you know, hit his child until, until he dares to speak up at his mother. And then it's on. Very, very realistic. (laughs) Very realistic. Um... You know, the the main thing I've been thinking about this, and I and you know, first and foremost, I'll say it's probably better that they did it here rather than at the Hall of Fame. Let the Hall of Fame be what the Hall of Fame is. Let it be a storyline free area where the wrestlers truly get to be appreciated for what they've done in the industry. Get their legacy to have a light shined on them. Like, that's all good. You know, shine a light on those legacies. Let them have their moment. Don't need to do an angle there. I'm very okay with that. Um, I felt like with everything that has happened in this storyline, this was a, um, a satisfying conclusion to, to what's, been happening and 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 a believable way of finally getting there because i think that i kept saying here like well, what's what's dom really gonna have to do to get ray to, to 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 say yes and i think disrespecting his wife disrespecting your mother doing the ultimate like you don't talk to your mother like that um makes a lot of sense uh, it's not it's it's totally believable it's um i like it I like it. When it's believable, I like it. There's there's storyline reasoning here. Um, there's true motivations. There's there's it all makes sense. So I, I liked it. The crowd went insane when Dominic got decked. People are hyped on this match. I'm excited for the match. Um, but one of the things I think about now, and I'm not gonna have the answer for you yet, but I'm gonna tell you where my head is at while I'm thinking of what my WrestleMania predictions are going to be. And when I think about them, I, I truly wonder who wins this match now that it's official. Cause it was a made official after this as well. We're getting this match at WrestleMania weekend. My normal wrestle brain would say Ray has to finally win here to give Dom his comeuppance. But at the same time, you'd have to think that if Ray is going to actually wrestle his son at WrestleMania, he wants to help his son. He wants to help his son, you know, move forward and and move higher up in the card, get even more over from beating a legend like himself at WrestleMania. So then Dominic's heat could continue post-WrestleMania if Ray doesn't beat him. So that's what I'm torn on right now. You guys tweet me and you tell me what you think. Tweet me at Ryan Satin. Let me know which way you're leaning in this match. Because I definitely, I, I, I could really go either way with it. Uh, but, you know, 
that all aside, really, really enjoyed how this was all done. Thought they did this all very well. Next, we got Shotzi and Natty versus Lacey Evans and Zia Lee. Winner gets in the women's tag match at WrestleMania. This was a quick one that Shotzi and Ta- that yeah, this was a quick one. Shotzi and Natalia got the win here. Um, really random teams, <laughs> really random teams they're using for this match. Um, after the match, all four people did the sign pointing thing. We had Liv and Raquel out there who had already qualified for the match. But then Ronda Rousey's music hit and she walked out with Shane and Baszler. They talked about how they've broken all the girls in the match in various ways. And then announced that they're in the match as well at WrestleMania. Thought it was a little unfair that all the other girls had to qualify while Shayna and Ronda just got to announce that they were in the match. But also, fair point for their reasoning and how they beat up every other girl in that match. So I'm um, I'm happy to see that Ronda is going to be utilized at WrestleMania in some capacity. Um, surprised at the the caliber of match she's in. Not like these aren't good wrestlers that she's wrestling against. I, I guess caliber is the wrong word. Um, the level of importance of a match that she, you know, it's it, uh, you know. Ronda Rousey's still a big name, in my opinion, and the fact that she's like in a the match that she's in at WrestleMania in LA is a randomly thrown together tag match with a bunch of non teams is surprising to me. Um, but I don't know if there was more to it. I'm I'm not exactly sure. So yeah, I uh I'm happy they're in the match though. I'm I, I you know Ra- <laughs> Shayna had me cracking up with what she was saying on the mic when she was like, We broke that arm, broke this, broke that one spirit, I guess, whatever. Uh that cracked me up. Uh Shayna is low key better than people give her credit for on the mic. She cracks me up. So um yeah, I'm happy to see that Rhonda and Shayna are on the card. I'm happy to see that Shotzi and Natalia are gonna be on the card. Um, there are people that I was wondering what the deal was. It's kind of like uh, the that they announced the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for SmackDown the night before. And there's a bunch of people who I was also wondering how they were going to be utilized for WrestleMania shown in there. One of them was shocked. Two of them were pretty shocking. Um, even if it's just well, it's I mean it's SmackDown, so who knows? It's, they could be used differently if something changes and they get a match on the main card. But like Bobby Lashley. I know it seems like the Bray Wyatt stuff had to be dropped, but that's what Bray, that's what Bobby Lashley is going to be doing at WrestleMania. That's what Karrion Cross is going to be doing at WrestleMania. That's that's surprising to me. Um, yeah, that's very surprising to me. The other one was uh, was Bobby Lashley and uh, oh, L.A. Knight. Still nothing for L.A. Knight with the push that he's had either. Very confusing. Very, very confusing. Uh, Okay, wait. I'm taking a quick sip here because I can already hear my voice sounding weirder. Hold on one second. Got to lube these pipes up. You know what I mean? That didn't sound right. Okay, moving on. Contract signing between Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. (coughs) Drew McIntyre out first and then Sheamus with the brawling brutes. As he complained about Drew trying to steal a goal of his that he had confided in him over. Drew says Sheamus is too sensitive these days. And they should have shared a drink over this by now. 
But history has already shown that Sheamus can't beat Gunther, whereas Drew McIntyre knows he can. After they both signed the contract, Gunther comes out and signs the contract as well. Then explains how he'll beat all of them. He gives a look to Butch, who was there when he said that, and Gunther, and and, uh, and and Butch does not look happy about it. Gunther asks Butch what he's looking at, and Butch just attacks him. So then Gunther demands a match: Gunther versus Butch. Uh, this was uh, about a, this was about as entertaining as you'd expect based on the history these two have. You know, there wasn't the same kind of build as we've seen in the past in them. It was very thrown together. A last-minute affair, but they still, you know, kick each other's asses. Uh, they had that same chemistry they, that you've seen between them in the past. Um, I think that Pete Dunne is someone who, um, excuse me, Butch is someone who, we'll get to the Pete Dunne thing in a second, but Butch is someone who is so talented in the ring. Just, you know, he makes things look so effortless. Um, and I think that he knows Gunther so well that even with a short amount of time and, and no build, you're going to get something entertaining between the two of them. And that's exactly what we got in this match. Uh, Butch accidentally hit McIntyre on the outside. Then the Brutes started to fight with him over it. Gunther eventually took advantage of this by hitting his finisher for the win. After the match, Gunther and Sheamus stood face-to-face when suddenly Drew flew in out of nowhere with a claymore on Gunther. That was that. So I think um, swinging back around here to Butch, if the rumors are true and Butch is somehow reverting back to the name Pete Dunne, I really wish they had kind of like just let Gunther destroy him here because I keep, you know, it feels like Pete Dunne, Butch, is the one who's already started the tease for this. Um, You know, he... He, he, uh, I'm going to his tweets. First, it was like a week ago because the rumor came out that he was that the plan was to possibly change his name back to Pete Dunn in the near future. Then, like the next day, he tweeted a picture of himself holding the NXT UK championship in his mouth, doing the whole Pete Dunn thing, and said, Remember. Um, and then today, after SmackDown, he tweeted uh, an ear emoji. I think as they were chanting Pete Dunn at one point in the match at him. So, it does... I don't think he would be leaning into these things if the change wasn't imminent. So, because of that, I didn't like that the how decisive the win felt. Yes, Gunther should still be getting decisive wins. I get it. Um, But I kind of would have liked either, you know, I I don't know. I think there needs to be a catalyst of some sort to get him back to Pete Dunne. And maybe that's the breakup of the Brutes. I'm not sure. Um, But I wouldn't have minded him kind of getting his ass kicked a little more here. Uh, Yeah. I I, I, I would have liked him getting his ass kicked a little more. There being some kind of beat down or just have him destroy him so he has a reason to need to go back to becoming Pete Dunn. I would have liked that. Um, but either way, that's neither here nor there. The match was really entertaining, uh, and I'm pumped for the three-way. And I'm interested to see how they turn Butch back into Pete Dunn once it happens. This is just me 
nitpicking a little bit because that's what you came to this podcast for was my actual thoughts. <laughs> uh, the Street Profits talk about their match at WrestleMania. They get interrupted by Braun Strowman and Ricochet and Braun says they want the smoke. Once again, kind of um, not a lot there, but I appreciate keeping that match uh, in the minds of the fans and you know making sure that there's at least some segment dedicated to, to reminding people that it's actually happening. Then lastly, we got the KO show with Sami Zayn as his guest. Sammy points out how big this is, that they're challenging for the tag titles together at WrestleMania. Kevin then says he has something for Sammy and unfolds his new KO Mania shirt that he puts out every year. Um, at first, Sammy you know, seems happy for his friend, but then Kevin reveals that it's not just a KO Mania shirt. That's the back of it. The front of it says WrestleZania, and he shows him the KO Mania shirt with his own image on the front, WrestleZania, as a throwback to the whole honorary Oos moment when Roman Reigns gave him that shirt. Now, Sammy's got his own shirt given to him by his own real friend that he was truly excited about. KO unzips his hoodie to show he's already wearing one of the shirts, and Sammy puts his on too. But then, of course, the dastardly Usos attack them from behind. The Usos hit the 1D on Sammy, and then Kevin chases them away with a chair. This was a nice little throwback to the honorary Us segment. Keep things going from where they were. It's tough when you're, you know, at the apex of such a big story to find ways to keep the interest alive without ruining the the momentum you you currently have. So this was kind of like a placeholder. I'll be honest, when it was over, I, I was surprised the show was over. I thought there was going to be like a little more on this episode. It kind of felt like a lot of placeholders. But that being said, I enjoyed the segment, but there wasn't really a lot there. It was just another attack from the Usos. Nice, though, to see the friendship of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens continue to re-blossom on television. It's just nice to see those two guys together. Um, and I'm really excited for next week's uh, shows. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week so make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out i put a lot of work into them so i hope that you're enjoying them and if you are enjoying them make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on i think you can only leave an actual review on apple Podcasts, but leave a, a rating on spotify just let people know you like this show please i want more people to listen to it <laughs> Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. There's also clips from Raw and SmackDown there. There's clips from Out of Character. There's YouTube shorts. There's a community tab. Everything that you would want out of a YouTube channel in wrestling is there on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. So go make sure you subscribe and also follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. So make sure you are following us there. All right, you go have a great Sunday and we'll be back 
Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw once over.